0: Bit red. Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new... self-defense They say you're But they don't make sense Dangerous money not turn into guns All you need to know is that
1: Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap Committee, alive from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And today is well, it's kind of a makeup day, if you will. I'm going to call it Try It Again Tuesday. Uh, the rationale for that, of course, being the fact that recently I had a couple of guests that were scheduled to join me. Uh, actually, both of them from last week. And inevitably, things popped up. And as it just so happened uh, the effort to reschedule them um, both worked for the same day so here we are try it again tuesday first here at the bottom of the first hour we have dr bruce hartman who's going to be joining us to talk about how the left is targeting the younger and younger people uh most recently demonstrated through their efforts to cancel certain warner brother cartoon characters and dr seuss and of course to just eviscerate gender for potato head joys and things of that nature. (laughs) Excuse me. We'll be discussing that topic again, presumably. Uh, I mean, it's not often that we miss and reschedule and then miss again, but I have gotten where I very rarely (laughs) take anything for granted. Also, at the bottom of the second hour, I'm scheduled to be joined by Larry Clayman, Esquire, He was the founder and former chairman of Judicial Watch. He took time away from there to run for the Senate, came back to public life after his attempt at gaining office, and then he established Freedom Watch, where he is still the head, as well as heading up his law firm, Clayman Law Group. He is the author of the book, It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry. And uh, we'll be discussing the ongoing challenge at the southern border. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the, some of the folks already hanging out with me in the chat room before we get into anything. Uh, we've got blogger extraordinaire Bigfoot in the house with us. Uh, don't believe me? Fine, go see for yourself. I triple dog dare you you can find us stuff over at bigfootsplace.blogspot.com we've got the host of a fantastic show called simple facts of life yes the chief is in the chat room and uh, presuming that nothing catastrophic occurs between now and then chief will be joining me tomorrow night live so if you're interested in hearing chief over here uh come on back uh i've not got official verification but it's pretty much a done deal that ron edwards joins me in the first hour on most wednesdays uh he hasn't said anything uh would uproot that yet so we will see him (laughs) is that acceptable it's gender story time it's okay (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Vorpabite is also in the chat room with us as well. Vorp uh, commenting right now, Dr. Seuss is unacceptable, but transgender story time is okay. Yeah, we we did see that. Anyway, uh, as far as Chief is concerned, uh, be sure to join me tomorrow where uh, Chief will be with us in the second hour. We're going to try to see if I can't get him to jump right in for the entirety of that. Uh, hour, because I- I'm like that. For those of you who have not already checked it out, feel free to go visit blogtalkradio.com. Once you're at that home page, you'll see a little search bar at the top. You can put in QMCUSN. It'll take you straight away to one of his shows. Or if for some reason you can't remember that when you decide to go check it out, put in Simple Facts of Life. You'll have to scroll down a little bit, but you'll know it when you see it. You can go to his show page. You can listen to a plethora of great past archived broadcasts, or if you are so inclined, you may join him live starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You, of course, can adjust to your time zone accordingly on Tuesdays, which means he was indeed on earlier today. And for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast at this show, the time of the live broadcast. Was Tuesday, March 23rd. It's 2021, and it's just a smidge past 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, I want to jump right into uh, a couple of things. Now, I was spending all kinds of time, and I was almost regretting having scheduled people because there was no way to get to everything that I wanted to talk about today based on headlines and stuff that I already saw going on. But then I came across this just a few minutes before uh, time to air, and I think this jumps to the head of the line, so I'm already going to be shortchanged as it is. But if you missed it, as – because I didn't catch the briefing live myself, but the Tuesday afternoon briefing from White House Press Secretary Jan Saki, or Pus Psaki, if you're uh, someone who doesn't believe that the P should be silent anymore. I don't know. A little leftist humor. Uh, very little. I'll move on. Anyway, the point being, according to Jen Sacking, President-installed Joe Biden is considering executive action on gun control, effectively bypassing Congress to, to push an anti-gun rights agenda. Executive action. Operation P-Pads and D-Pads is looking to take away our guns with everything else they're looking to do. They're looking to completely destroy elections in this country. They're looking to completely decimate uh, gun ownership already, and I'm sure this would make for a tremendous opportunity to pull a little smash and grab against the Constitution – They're looking to completely collapse the U.S. economy on multiple fronts, devaluing the dollar as just part of their plan, Mm. spending trillions and trillions of dollars claiming to be for one purpose. And then just a small fraction, just a smidge, just a drop in the bucket of the planned spending actually goes to what they say it is, and the rest payoffs to their pals. Uh, At any rate. At the daily press conference, Ms. Sacky said that Biden was considering a range of options, but that the use of an executive order was not off the table. Really, should be. Doesn't belong on the table. An executive order having anything to do with constitutionally protected, God-given rights is beyond the scope of the office of the president. Now we've talked and 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 talked and. Talked a little more about the actual authority that an executive order has when it comes to your daily life, and that is mm, zero, Not a bupkis. An executive order is nothing more than the guy who's supposed to be in charge of the executive branch giving – out directives to his subordinates and how to perform their duties, how he wants them to perform his the duties that the office requires, that, that all of the branch requires. That's the extent of an executive order. There is no other power. So why it is we haven't seen more of a pushback, well – It's because the people still aren't paying attention, and too many people have been dumbed down to the point that they now accept that, well, it's just easier that way, so just let them do it. No. The whole point of creating a constitutional federated republic was so that nothing would be easy, so that the government not only would be limited but would remain limited for all time. Limit its authority to limit its power to keep it out of your business to do the bare minimum of what's required of a united government, and that 's it. oh no, no, but you see people are tired of the inaction, right tired of the inaction Saki said quote, We are considering a range of Levers, including working through legislation, including executive actions. That has been under discussion and will continue to be under discussion. Well, you keep talking about it, pal. You just keep talking about it all you want. You blow hard because that's what blowhards do. But remember, the United States Constitution is very specific in what level of authority you have. And there's only so much longer that honest-to-goodness American patriots who love this nation are going to allow all you elected pinheads to continue to ignore the Constitution. There are limits. You're swiftly approaching them. You're not going to like the results. Now, Saki also also added that Vice President under then-President Barack Hussein Alu akbar Obama – that, of course, is barely there, Beijing Biden – was tasked with researching whether and how a White House executive order could be used to curb gun rights. Now, it's important to remember that they're talking about curbing gun rights. It's human violence perpetrated with a gun. Now, of course, all of this is predicated on the fact that they don't want to let this crisis go to waste because they've gotten a lot of attention over the last few days between the shooting in Atlanta and now the shooting in Colorado at the grocery store. In case, for some strange reason, you have not heard about that yet. Uh, Ten people were killed in uh, Colorado. A guy with a very Islamic-sounding name decided with his devout religious adherence to Islam to go to a grocery store and uh, off some people, including a 51-year-old police officer who was first on scene. So basically what Jen acknowledged is that not only – It's barely there, Beijing Biden, uh, seriously thinking about instituting this executive order because they're never, never, even if they try to take away the filibuster, ever going to be able to push the type of legislation through that they want to regarding gun control. The Democratic Party is still dead set on disarming the American public. They've offered up no solutions for criminal activity involving guns. All they really want to do is disarm the average citizen. And I have yet to hear one of these pinheads adequately explain to me why it is that time after time, all you have to do is look at the general statistics and see where the highest gun ownership per capita exists, the lowest amount of violent crime of any kind exist side by side. They want to pretend like there's not a causal effect there. They want to pretend like this is purely coincidental. But when you look and see that the inverse is also true everywhere that it is inverted, lowest amount of per capita gun ownership, highest levels of violent crime, I think a strong case can be made, and I think Maybe that's my problem. I'm trying to think. I think that maybe their agenda is a little different than what they claim. Now, that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a guy hearing a threat from the press secretary from Operation P-Pads and D-Pads talking about how if Congress can't get their stuff together and take our guns away from us, maybe he'll just order it himself. I really don't think you're going to like that. Anyway, the quote was, <clears throat> he as vice president was leading the effort on determining executive actions that could be taken on gun safety measures. It's something that he has worked on he's passionate about, he feels personally connected to. But there is an ongoing process, and I think we feel we have to work on multiple channels at the same time. Translation, if we can't get one thing to work, we're going to do another, but we're determined. Now, earlier today, that being Tuesday, time of the live broadcast, President installed Biden.  … delivered remarks on the subject of gun control but steered clear of the topic of executive action. Instead, he was choosing to press Congress to to pass a pair of House bills expanding federal background checks and weapons purchases and closing the so-called gun show loophole… … with Democrats' claim uh, that they say that that allows individuals to purchase weapons from certain sellers at certain events without an investigation… Now this is the red herring in the room and has been for a while. And the reason they continue to push this is because it sounds reasonable, which has always been one of their tactics, and because they they do these these little polls and this verbiage
0: it tests
1: well in the polling. But this is. On the issue of gun control, the camel's nose, and it's just starting to get right there at the bottom of the tent wall. And as you all know, once the camel gets its nose under the tent, it's just a matter of time before the whole camel is in the tent if the tent keeps standing. And this is an instance where I don't think the tent will continue to stand. If these people think that they saw an armed insurrection back in January, come for our guns. I don't like talking like this. I don't like sounding like I'm making threats. I I don't. I don't like it. I I don't want America to be at that point. But I guarantee you the Bubba effect is already boiling over on the streets. Where do you think – The Proud Boys came from. They were tired of seeing Antifa get away with the crap. They're not white supremacists. They're not out there doing racist things. They are a direct response to Antifa getting away with crap. Now, what happened back on January 6th, it was technically a riot. It was nowhere near the definition of an insurrection, armed or otherwise. But if you think you're going to take guns away from the American citizens that fully intend on protecting all of their constitutional rights, brother, you got another thing coming. And besides that, the, the worst-case scenario here is that you do disarm the law-abiding American citizen because the only thing standing between… The American citizen and complete and total anarchy and chaos is the fact that a fair number of us are capable of defending ourselves. We don't require a governmental response to do that. That's why that little statistic I mentioned earlier where the per capita gun ownership, higher that is, the less – that's why that's the case. And it's not that – People have to to draw their gun. It's not that a good guy has to kill a bad guy with a gun. It's the fact that in many cases, the criminal in the scenario thinks, "Eh, there's a pretty good chance they might be packing. I think I'll look for an easier target. Hmm. Just, it's insane to a degree. Now, of course, Biden also stressed a need to... Outlaw assault weapons, which congratulations, already done. There's not actually a legal definition of assault weapon. So I choose to define assault weapon as fully automatic military-grade and used firearm. And guess what? Machine guns are for all in practical intents and purposes illegal for the average citizen to have. In order to legally own a machine gun, you're required to go through a permitting and stamping process that is extremely difficult for anyone who is not a high-level collector or a renowned gunsmith uh, to acquire them with any level of semi-ease. It's extremely difficult. So guess what? Full autos, military assault, assault weapons are already illegal. So congratulations, Joe. Take that win, walk away, and pretend like you've done something. You know, Take that fake credit like you're trying to do with half a million other things as the country falls apart under your touch. He, he's literally like the opposite of Midas. Now, Midas, everything he touched turned to gold. Everything uh, barely there, Beijing, Biden touches, it turns to crap. Their little catchphrase of assault weapons wasn't where he ended it though. He also said high capacity magazines, which now I understand they're claiming is anything over five rounds. What? Hold up, five rounds? And so if I get six rounds of ammunition in a uh, in a magazine, that's high capacity now. Now you will also hear them deny that if you question them directly in front of a microphone or with a camera. But that is the conversations they're having behind closed doors. Uh, They like saying 30 rounds, that's too much. Then they say, well, 20 rounds, that's, well, we need to reduce anything. No one really needs 10 rounds. You know, the number keeps going down. And behind closed doors, they are now asserting anything over five rounds. Uh, They're going to want us back to the freaking single-shot bolt-action rifles before long. Then they're going to claim the only thing we can have are muskets because it takes so long to to reload. And then they're going to like, you guys don't even need that, seriously. Uh, Let's just give you a spork, and good luck. High-capacity magazines. Now, uh, in the little combo, of course, it didn't give any details on how he would address either of those nor specifics on what he considered an assault weapon or a high-capacity magazine to be. Yeah, I think I've already covered that. Uh, Biden, of course, said, quote, I got that done as a senator. It brought down mass shootings. No, it didn't. I, I get, where does he get I, – I get that perhaps a touch of dementia is in place, but I also get that as a politician – He instinctively likes to lie about things. He's someone who, when his mental faculties were all there, was given to lying and plagiarizing and just making stuff up out of whole cloth. So maybe that's where it came from. But he said that he got the assault weapons ban and high-capacity magazines done then, and that that brought down mass shootings. No, sir. The the statistics – are basically unchanged. The only thing that's changed that makes the numbers look worse now than they did when he was a senator is because they now have a larger database and they uh, interact with more law enforcement, so they get more reporting showing up in the same statistics. Not that it's any worse than before, just that it's easier to access a truer, accurate count. <sighs> But, you know, he was bragging, and he continued by saying that we can do it again. Now, of course, he was referring to his 1990s-era assault weapons ban that expired under George W. Bush. He said that we can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. Then he also said, I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour.  … to take common-sense steps that will save lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. See, the problem is that if you want to take common-sense steps to save lives in the future when it comes to the topic of gun ownership… You need to be doing things to encourage more gun ownership and more proficiency in the use of the tool that is a firearm. You don't need to be running away and trying to make people think that they should be scared of guns because ultimately it comes back to the very basic, very worn argument that still continues to be used over and over again because it's freaking true. And that's if you outlaw guns, then only outlaws will have guns. The law-abiding citizen will not be able to protect themselves. They will be victimized, and that's completely ignoring, completely ignoring the fact that uh, previously throughout history, when governments have disarmed their citizens… In the past, it has without fail led to tyranny. It has without fail led to the wholesale slaughter of a dissenting part of the public. For those who do not wish to believe that that could ever happen here Fine. Keep your head buried in the sand. But the only thing that's going to prevent that is if the American people remained armed. The only thing that's going to prevent that is if those of us who understand the government has no authority to do this because our rights are granted by the higher power that most of us recognize as God That this government, this federal government of ours was created for the purpose of protecting those rights, not limiting them, not deciding which of us are going to get to enjoy them, which ones can be taken away willy-nilly, but simply to protect them as laid out in the Constitution and as laid out in the Bill of Rights, period. Everything else is ridiculous political rhetoric, and is in an effort to leave us, the American citizen, helpless before the criminal masses. All right, you guys stay right where you're at. Gonna do the uh, Don Was bit right now, and see if I can't get a hold of Doctor Bruce Hartman this time. Uh, cross your fingers. And uh, don't go anywhere.
2: I'll be right back. We often find ourselves arguing statistics with anti-gun people. But let's put the conversation into perspective. I'll give you some stats, but also expose the anti-gun left's real motives for gun control. First of all, don't you think that anyone who really wants to save lives would focus their attention on an area where the most lives are lost? The gun grabbers like to use the number of 30 to 40,000 gun-related deaths per year. But if we take out suicides, which are 60% of those gun-related deaths, which, by the way, are not reduced by the absence of guns, and we take out law enforcement-related deaths, in other words, good guys killing bad guys, we're left with about 14,880 gun-related homicides. But here's where it gets interesting. The majority of those gun-related homicides are gang-related. So let's say we didn't have the gang problem we have in this country. The number of gun-related homicides shrinks to 2,976 per year in America. Here's another interesting fact that the anti-gun left doesn't want you to know. The majority of gang-related violence occurs in Democrat-run cities across this country that are highly gun-restricted, by the way, and often allow violent illegals safe harbor. What that means is good people living within those cities are denied their right to protect themselves against the human violence that Democrats encourage with their bad policies. Now let's compare that to some other things that the anti-gun left could be working on if they really wanted to save lives. Drunk driving takes almost 11,000 lives per year in America. 47,000 lives are lost per year in America due to suicide. Bipolar disorder and schizophrenia being two of the leading causes of suicide, not guns. But one of the biggest causes of preventable deaths in America is abortion. Almost 330,000 lives are taken per year in America by people committing abortion. Now let me give you a piece of information that the anti-self-defense crowd doesn't want you to know. How many lives do you think are saved every year because of guns? The answer is 2.5 million. Every year in America two and a half million lives are potentially saved by the use of firearms. Now this doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And 46 percent of those lives saved are women. This is a study that was done by Gary Kleck, a Florida criminologist and backed by data from the CDC. So why do you think the gun grabbers never share this information? Well, some would argue that they don't really care about saving lives as much as they care about disarming their fellow citizens and preventing them from independently protecting themselves and their families. Gun control is a top-down method that puts government in charge of the lives and safety of people under the guise of public safety. It's the first step in stealing the freedom our founders fought for. The anti-left has already decided that they are willing to give up their freedom to government. The problem is... They can't have their government-controlled utopian society unless you get on board. And real Americans are clearly not getting on board. Gun control is a way of forcing you into dependence, whether you like it or not. Now, we're never going to cure the evil in the hearts of killers, but we can stop them. So, to the gun-grabbers, do you really want to save lives? Then get to work on the real causes of human violence and help us restore our gun rights So good people can protect themselves, help us save lives rather than ending them before they get a chance to take their first breath. I'm Dan Watt. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net.
3: The 46th Executive Branch Administration has embarked on its promised mission to erase all vestiges of the Trump Administration and good Christian virtues. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Such endeavors can only spell disaster for our republic, but please allow me to share a few thoughts spoken by Charles Malik, Lebanon's ambassador to the United Nations General Assembly in 1959. Quote, the good in the United States would never have come into being without the blessing and power of Jesus Christ. Whoever tries to conceive the American word without taking full account of the suffering and love and salvation of Christ is only dreaming. I know how embarrassing this matter is to politicians, bureaucrats, businessmen, and cynics, but whatever these honored men think, the irrefutable truth is that the soul of America is at its best and highest Christian." During the Trump administration, many such references were made concerning protecting religious liberty, parental rights, the unborn, ending human trafficking, and pedophilia. But now all those efforts are frowned upon by the 46th administration. May God have mercy on our nation. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out
4: TheRonEdwards.com.
5: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
4: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Veterans, tip of the day. Did you know that the unemployment rate for homeless veterans was twice the national average? And without proper shoes, it's hard to get a job? Here's your veterans tip of the day. People from all over the country helped us with our annual Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Shoes and Socks for Homeless Veterans. There was a time this summer where we believed that probably it wouldn't be successful because of the pandemic, but decided to go ahead and do it anyway. We reached out in the local community and on the various radio shows that i'm on ask for their support in a little over three weeks we receive 400 pairs of shoes and over a thousand pairs of socks for homeless veterans so they can go out and look for a job and have a decent pair of shoes to wear we at songs and stories for soldiers and all the 400 plus soldiers who will receive these shoes and socks say thank you for your generosity this has been your songs and stories for soldiers veterans tip of the day What in the hell's diversity?
5: Well, I I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era.
0: (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen,
1: I am back, and I am without my scheduled guest. I called uh, a few times. I left a message on the voicemail for the number I have. I know the number is correct. Because after we missed getting together last week, uh, the publisher that works for Dr. Bruce Hartman made a point of making sure that I had the correct number, and I do. So I don't know what else to do at this point, but to move on. So what is diversity? I I believe it was an old wooden ship. (laughs) All right. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, of course we were talking about gun control, uh, and it's just so infuriating at this point that the left thinks they can just bowl over the American people. We have no shortage of reasons to be concerned. (laughs) I mean that's that's really – where we are at at this point, there is just one thing after another. You're looking at H.R. 1, uh, you're looking at H.R. 5-1, uh, which in case you're not familiar with, it's a piece of legislation that's been proposed over in the House to give Washington, D.C. official statehood. We've got a ton of other things going on. They're, they're working on this new omnibus package that's essentially their effort to do the infrastructure. They want to spend trillions of dollars for an infrastructure package where literally only a few million will be going to fix roads and bridges. And the rest is going to, uh, you know, little things like refitting existing buildings. Well, when they say refitting, they're talking about adding solar panels, changing to upgraded uh, insulation, all the Green New Deal stuff. It's absolutely mind-boggling. I mean it is, but this is what we're looking at. Another example why you have to keep an eye on it at at the state level is uh, the Nebraska Department of Education. They've established new health standards that, according to the headline here, would teach kindergartners about gender identity. Yeah, I just wanted to take a second and let that sink in. The Nebraska Department of Education released a new health education framework that would teach kindergartners about sexual and gender identity. According to a draft of the Education Department's Health Education Standards, Kindergartners may soon be learning about cohabitating and same-sex couples in the classroom. The framework encourages teachers to discuss different kinds of family structures. I'll remind you this is with primarily six-year-olds. Now, examples of different family structures include single parent, blending, intergenerational, cohabitating, adoptive, foster, same gender, and interracial. Under the framework, first grade students would be taught the definition of gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes. Uh, The topic is reiterated in second grade. Now, I'm glad that they're I'm glad that they're teaching them this, but what I want to know is who's taught them, because I'll remind you, they don't know. They don't understand. They still think gender is a social construct, so what are they going to be teaching them? In the third grade, the framework asks teachers to discuss the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may influence behavior. So eight- and nine-year-olds must also be able to define sexual orientation. Now, the sad truth of the matter is if they're allowed to watch current cultural pop TV, especially on a streaming service, they probably already have a better idea of this definition than these people that are claiming to be teaching them, which is also part of the problem. But requiring eight- and nine-year-olds – again – Children that are years away from their own puberty are supposed to be able to define sexual orientation. They're supposed to be in a position where they understand what this actually means. No, that's not how education is supposed to work. But this continues. Discussion of transgenderism becomes more prevalent. When Nebraska's elementary students reach the fourth grade, the framework asks students to be able to distinguish between sex assigned at birth and gender identity and explain how they may or may not differ by the end of the school year. So again, they're taking their false, fake ideas and pushing them to that- Are they going to simply be teaching biology? No. They want to teach this made-up idea of social constructs. Now, fifth graders – hang on to your hats, boys and girls. Fifth graders are introduced to the gender spectrum, which tells students that there are an infinite number of gender identities. Teachers are encouraged to explain that gender expression and gender identity exist along a spectrum. According to the new framework, the LGBT activism ideology becomes the most prevalent in the sixth grade. Eleven-year-olds are taught the specific difference between cisgender, transgender, gender non-binary, gender expansive, and gender identity. Okay, I think if you know what these other things are, gender identity itself is a little bit late to the game there. Sixth graders are also asked to define sexual identity and explain a range of identities related to sexual orientation. Examples Examples include being heterosexual, bisexual, lesbian, gay, queer, two-spirit, asexual, and pansexual. The sixth grade framework also spurs conversations about how Prejudice, discrimination, intolerance, and bias can allegedly lead to violence. The framework's high school health classes focus on analyzing how cultural biases can affect medical diagnosis, treatment, and procedures. In the 10th grade, students are told to evaluate and explain how some law and policies are viewed as tools of systemic racism According to the Nebraska Department of Education The framework is not a prescribed curriculum or lesson play No, no, no It is designed to give teachers a framework from which they can work from Now, we're not telling you what to teach We're just telling you what should be included with what you teach Now, of course, following the release of the flame, this framework's draft Nebraska's governor, Pete Ricketts, released a statement calling on the Department of Education to nix this updated, modern, stylized, uber-lefty sex education plan. He said, quote, I'm calling on the Nebraska Department of Education to scrap their proposed sex education topics that are included in their draft health standards the new standards from the department would not only teach young children age inappropriate content starting in kindergarten but also inject a non I'm sorry a non scientific shift in approach to health education and many of the new themes are sensitive topics that should be addressed by parents at home and not by schools hmm sounds like Kevin Ricketts was uh somebody who was still raised up in a time when common sense held sway for most of the country the governor also claimed that the framework was developed with the help of political activists shocking and without the input of key mainstream organizations also shocking now the department of uh, the nebraska department of education did not respond uh, to conservative outlets when they were contacted Asking for comment. Now, I would imagine we will see some of these uh, responses in the next few days, but it's important to remember that uh, this is ongoing. We need to follow. This story. They're using Nebraska as a test base. You guys remember when we used to say that if you see something in Europe, it's coming to America. If you see something in California or New York, it's coming to the whole of America. You remember those conversations? You remember those days? Well, now they've decided that they're going to open up testing in places like Nebraska. they They figure if they can infect the heartland – like that, then then they'll really get everybody. And it really goes back to the whole situation uh, that we were going to be discussing with Dr. Hart. If he had joined, we were going to be talking about what is going on in the indoctrination and why they're targeting younger and younger kids. Why is it important to target kindergartners with this Hogwash. I I sorry, it took me a moment to think of something that was radio appropriate. Not the kindest words that came to my mind. I don't believe the kindest words should even be used in this case. I'm not feeling <laughs> not feeling very peaceful at the moment. <laughs> Chief in the chat room says that I'm being punked By Dr. Hartman and I'm Beginning to wonder uh, and then he Says pansexual is that Like the guy in the movie American Pie Uh, Yes chief yes that that Is correct That is very much correct Uh, I just This is what's being pushed On children That are years away From their Puberty, their, their sexual awakening, that the hormones have not started moving yet. They shouldn't have any ideas about sexual identity or this idea that gender expression is a thing. <laughs> Again, Chief in the chat room being humorous. Uh, talking about the Nebraska State Capitol. All right. Not going to repeat what he said about it, but this is my opportunity to remind you that if you join us live and hop in the chat room, you'd get to know what kind of humorous things that Chief and Bigfoot and War Provider are saying. Although not all humorous, but in this case, what Chief is saying is, uh, I just, I don't understand why, why we're seeing this from the education standpoint, and people aren't pushing back harder. I seem to recall a time when parents were involved enough with their kids that they would see something like this happening at a school, and they would push back, and the school would respond. At first, obviously someone somewhere thought it was a good idea, they'd try to defend their decisions. They'd try to defend the position of having to to teach and educate these things because (laughs) Because there was a need in our, our daily lives now that the people are being targeted. And it's important that the children understand that it can't be permitted, it can't be allowed, it's dangerous. We can't even let those thoughts take root in their minds because it's too hard to to change those minds after those developmental years have passed. We're living in a time where Ohio public schools are currently encouraging ninth graders to read graphic sex poetry now, I mean I I thought that it was risque enough when you read the romantic poets if you understood what they were saying but they were at least kind enough clever enough uh, to use flowered language symbolism uh, to say what they had to say you know it's, it was still, again, with a basic understanding of the language, obvious what they meant. but utilizing entendres and double entendres, uh, much better. And that's not the kind of thing they're looking to do these days. Illinois, there's a city in Illinois that's become the first official government to pay out uh, in reparation, or they're planning. I don't think they've sent any money out yet. Something that Chief mentioned uh, briefly in his show today. Yeah, you know, it's difficult, difficult to understand what the fight even is because there's so many fronts to try to fight on. We need to push back against the entertainment uh, industry because they're instilling so much of this ideology in cartoons. In everything that's on television that's watched by preteens and early teens and late teens, more people need to be pushing back against all of this and I, I know I, I'm speaking very vaguely because. The more specific I get, the, the smaller the picture becomes because there's not just one thing that we need to push back against. There's not just one single issue, but education is one of those places where we really have to be cognitive. One of the worst things going on right now, of course, is the spread of critical race theory in the public schools. There's curriculums popping up all across the country. came across uh, this article Earlier today Where uh, the author of the article Spoke to Vicki Manning Who was a school board member With the Virginia Beach City Public Schools And Vicky has been on the front lines Trying to battle against critical race theory uh, For the past seven months And she's offered up some device Some device Some advice For how to push back against it Her advice starts with show up that is something that seems to be missing these days, isn't it? Now, if you've got a lockdown in place that's keeping you from showing up, maybe that's part of what they're up to, boys and girls. She says show up. First and foremost, Vicky." she urges parents and concerned citizens who may not necessarily be a parent to attend local school board meetings. Show up, speak up, and write the board too. Vicki suggests showing up in person is best Or via Zoom when necessary. But letters and emails go a long way. In terms of swaying the school board, there is power in numbers as well. According to Vicki, there's a reason to be hopeful. In her experience, many parents in her purple district are concerned and willing to get involved. She believes that the wave of parent resistance to critical race theory is poised to grow in other districts as well. Now, we've seen this here and there. We've seen reasons to be hopeful. We've seen people, even folks who typically tend to lean a little left of center, who are getting a firm grasp of what the critical race theory is really all about, starting to say, hey, wait, this this is a bridge too far. We've been an ally for people of color, uh, and now you're saying that there's no way we could ever be a good ally? Because we're just too danged racist. Now, an easy first step is contacting your local school board to ask their stance on critical race theory and what policies, if any, are already in place to ensure that students are protected from ideological indoctrination at school. The next thing she suggests is to investigate. Vicki says that talking to your child about what's being discussed in their classes – Ask them about their subjects Talk about what they're learning That's something that I had to do quite frequently With my youngest daughter Something that I couldn't Get much out of My uh, children that are Older than my youngest but at least she would share With me and she was very Strong against leftist indoctrination Because we did have those discussions And then I took the time not just to say Well that's some crap but I actually showed Her documents from the past that kind of poked a hole in their theories. So investigate. Worth noting is the importance of reading course syllabi and investigating any third-party websites or organizations that are referenced. Many teachers use educational websites as resources for lessons and videos, and a quick perusal of the types of websites your child's teachers use will tell you a lot about the tone of the lesson. A few notorious websites that uh, Vicki has specifically said – mentioned uh, while covering uh, this whole thing from California, uh, the new California Ethics Studies curriculum include Facing History, Learning for Justice, and perhaps most creepy, CRTandthebrain.com. That's CRTandthebrain.com. That's Short for critical race theory, by the way. Now, as a former school teacher, Vicky also wanted to add to review the curricula in your state and district, paying special attention to social studies and U.S. history. While it's not always possible to view the curriculum for a specific course or teacher, state and district standards are available for most subjects online. The wording is often vague, but woke ideology has a recognizable signature. A quick, automated word search for buzzwords like equity, diversity, anti-racism, systemic racism, social justice, oppress, narrative, and bias is a good start. Much can be gleaned about the prevailing ideology of a specific school district from viewing Publicly available documents found on local Department of Education websites. For example, one concerned parent uh, sent an alarming social studies curriculum to the author of the article. Uh, Getting more eyes on these documents are crucial. Schools are not accustomed to being scrutinized, and that must change last bit of advice that I'm going to be able to cover before I run out of time in this hour is encourage teachers to speak out, even if they have to do so anonymously. According to Vicki, many teachers are concerned, but the vast majority are too afraid to speak up. They worry about losing their jobs, their pensions, and their reputations. According to teachers who have written To the author of this article, young conservative teachers are dropping like flies because the environment has become so hostile. In many ways, these teachers are our eyes and ears in the schools. Vicki suggests encouraging teachers to write anonymously to the board or publicly if they're willing to. Let these teachers know you stand with them. Ask them to provide evidence and documentation of ideological materials distributed by the schools. This can be uh, This can be something as simple as curriculum materials, staff training materials, internal emails, whatever it needs to be. If you're not sure what to do with the evidence, submit them to whatevertheylearn.com It's a website that tracks Critical Race Theory Indoctrination, in all 50 states. Now, there's more here. I don't have time because it is near the end of the hour. So for some of you, I'm about to have to say goodbye to if you're listening to the rebroadcast. However, I will ask you to join me again tomorrow because there's a good chance that at the same time frame you will get to hear me. In the meanwhile, stay safe. Stay healthy. Be smart, even if it goes against your your nature. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, please use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. If you're here live, especially at BTR, don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start after this.
0: Feel the dust, feel the sun Fingers switch just above the gun Hear the wind across the plain There is no fear that I must contain And I'm in the eye of the hurricane Cross his brow, I'm poised to draw in eternal now, the fastest one is the one who's slain, I still stand, got the better aim. Not because the foreign wars we wage More to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced free the way God made sense, and I won't be ruled by the damn U.S. Taking your right to self-defense, they say you're stable, but they don't make sense. not turn
1: Podcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap Committee, live from historic Roane County, Tennessee, and glad to be with you live. Appreciate everybody who's hanging out with me live. Thank you so very much. That includes Bigfoot Blogger Extraordinaire and the Chief Host of Simple Facts of Life. Uh, we did have Vorp abide in with us, but Vorp seems to be in a rather testy mood this evening, and he uh, bounced on out um, back to hitting the world again, it seems. I, I hate that because Vorp is somebody who can be quite uh, the positive and uh, active individual in the chat room, but then here for the last little bit, he can also be exactly the opposite. Uh, he's got – Reasonably good reasons for feeling sour, but uh, sheesh, there's still limits. At any rate, uh, I mentioned Bigfoot was a blogger extraordinaire. I triple-dog dare you to not take my word for it. Go see for yourself. Visit bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. Uh, You also uh, heard me mention Chief. Uh, Chief, of course, is the host of a great show in its own right. It's called Simple Facts of Life. Uh, You can find him at blogtalkradio.com. Go to that search bar at the top. You can put in QMCUSN if you like. Should take you straight to some of his great archived broadcasts. Or... If for some reason you can't remember those letters, go ahead and put in Simple Facts of Life. That's pretty easy to remember. You'll have to scroll down a little bit, but you'll know it when you see it, and you can, again, listen to the archives, or if you are so inclined, you can join him live on Tuesdays. Uh, He starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, You, of course, are capable of adjusting your time zone accordingly. And he's on for. Just 30 minutes, so you know it's a little bite-sized uh, bit of show, but a lot of wisdom gets dropped in that time frame. Uh, Chief will be joining me, or at least uh, assuming nothing catastrophic happens between now and then, <laughs> Chief will be joining me tomorrow in the second hour of the show. So uh, again, if you've not checked him out previously, but you listen to this show on the regular, come on back. To Wednesday night's broadcasting. Give it a listen. He'll be here as I expect Ron Edwards to be with me in the first hour, so we'll see what happens. I am scheduled – highly emphasizing the word scheduled – to be joined by Larry Klayman this hour. He is, of course, one of the founders and former chairman of Judicial Watch. Uh, He established Freedom Watch after uh, his attempt at uh, gaining a senate seat. He is uh, the head of the law firm Clayman Law Group. He's the author of It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry, and uh, a fairly knowledgeable guy when it comes to a wide berth of subjects. He'll be joining us uh, a little bit later, and we'll be talking about the catastrophe. It's no longer a crisis, it's a catastrophe on the southern border. We'll be talking about that, but in the meanwhile, we'll have topics to deal with. Now, I was scheduled to have Larry on with us once last week, and he had an emergency pop up, and he kind of went back and forth on trying to go ahead and do the interview and, not, and I, ultimately I said, hey, look, take, go take care of your business. We'll reschedule. It's all good. Do what you need to do. And that's what we did, and so we're rescheduled, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get that squared away because back in the first hour of tonight's broadcast, I had… Rescheduled another guest Typically a great guest Dr. Bruce Hartman has been on with us multiple times Maybe he's just finally hit a spill of me And just say, like, oh crap that guy again I remember him now No I'm not going to do it <laughs> Maybe something like that uh, Hopefully not But uh, at any rate I-, I will make another effort To sneak him in at some point In the near future Hopefully we can make it happen and uh, Ultimately the thing is These people are very busy and some of them have more than one uh, publicist organization working for them. Uh, so sometimes people get moved around, and that's just a case where possibly a double booking had occurred. Uh, and, and then you look at the fact that these are busy people with busy lives, and other stuff happens too. So I've I'm, I'm never – Never have hurt feelings about somebody who, for whatever reason, can't come on. Um, you know, some people, they get really angry. It's like, okay, if you miss one time, that's it. You'll never be invited back. No, no, no. It's not like that here. Uh, and I've had some people say, well, you know, I'll schedule somebody once. If something comes up that's understandable, if it happens again, uh, then, nah, I'm just not going to look for them anymore. At the end of the day, though, as far as I'm concerned, these people, uh, they have a huge... Huge variety of options to go bring their message, and I'm honored anytime any of them decide that they're willing to come on this platform and uh, have a conversation with me. And hopefully you guys enjoy that conversation, and uh, if something comes up or even if it is just skipping out on me because something else came up, that doesn't hurt my feelings because I – a lot of hosts look at this as I'm doing you a favor for giving you uh, access to my platform. I kind of think it's the other way around. Uh, These guests are doing me a favor by bringing their expertise and their knowledge to my platform and helping to build it up. So if something happens and they can't be here, then okay. We're no worse off than we were before. Uh, You you guys have – listened and tuned in on a multitude of occasions where it's been just me for three-plus hours with no guests scheduled, and you keep coming back. So I'm assuming you guys are okay with that, at least for the most part. I will, of course, still leave the link in the show description to Dr. Bruce Hartman's website and to the Amazon version of Spend a Year with Jesus, which was his most recent book. And uh, you know, we'll kind of go from there. What I am going to do, however, is I'm going to send a quick email. So if you will bear with me just momentarily, I will try to make this quick, and then we'll try to get back to it. It's always great. I'm not the greatest of multitaskers to begin with. Uh, I'm one of these guys that's not wired for multitasking. But uh, I will just send this straight away, and then we will get back to the show. Well, can we try again? <laughs> and since now, the reason I went ahead and did that is because I had that pulled up and tried to sneak it in before. We switched over to this hour, didn't get it in, and I do like to try to have things situated, if you will, for the upcoming guests before we get to that point, uh, because sometimes the technology doesn't always cooperate. So if I can get it (laughs) situated early, I'm in a better place. So no answer.
0: Yeah.
1: And there. I'll go straight to the backup number for Colleen Larry. And now let's get back to the show. <laughs> yeah, about time, right? Hopefully, hopefully I won't go full Bruce Hartman. I, I hope hope so. Gee, she's now threatening me in the chat room for tomorrow's show. Hopefully I won't go full Bruce Hartman. And up twice in a row. Yeah, you know, what's great, and Chief, of course, is uh, getting with me on that because he's been great, uh, very generous with his time. For a while, we had a regular segment where he was coming in on Sundays, and, and I've been doing something different with Sundays right now and haven't made a return to live broadcasting on Sundays yet. So it's kind of mixed things up, and we had the situation, and I really would like to get a regular reappearance of Chief and a few other folks. Uh, so that we kind of get a semblance of some, you know, just (laughs) really on my part, a day I don't have to worry about trying to schedule a guest but can make sure that we have a great conversation. Uh, So the chief has been fantastic about that in the past. So uh, despite what he may say here or there, I really... Uh, I'm not overly concerned that uh, he would just ghost me. Now, maybe that's my foolishness. (laughs) Perhaps I should be concerned about it. But he's never done it in the past, so uh, I suspect it will be okay unless, like I said, something catastrophic happens. And when I use the word catastrophic, I often think of insurance. And thinking of insurance brings me back to a story that uh, was – … … making its way around the usual uh, conservative media outlets yesterday quite a bit. I uh, didn't hear very much mention of it today, so it seems like it's already run its course. I hope not because it's out of a ridiculous – and I'm, of course, talking about the Cigna story. Now, Cigna, of course, is one of the nation's largest health insurance providers, and they have allegedly told employees not to hire white men as part of the company's broader critical race theory campaign. Now, according to an internal chat log, which was obtained by the Washington Examiner, a hiring manager at Cigna dismissed a white candidate because he did not fulfill the company's diversity standards. In the chat... An employee suggested the company interview a man with extensive experience for an open position. The hiring manager allegedly told the employee that the man could not be interviewed because he's white. Now, you see that alone would be enough to make most people upset. It's like, if there's truth to this, this is unacceptable. If you have to be a white man who's, you know, put in the time required to garner the education to become A person who can sell insurance, and you're hoping to get a job with one of the most stable companies to work for because they're one of the largest providers. But you see, there was more to the story. It didn't stop there. In a separate chat log, a hiring manager dismissed another candidate who he assumed to be white. The candidate was a racial minority, and after learning of the candidate's accurate skin color uh, and little else, the hiring manager allegedly reversed course and hired the candidate based solely on the color of the candidate's skin. Employees were also forced to undergo training wherein they were taught that white people have white privilege, that straight men have gender privilege, and Christians have religious privilege. The company defines religious privilege as, quote, a set of advantages that benefit believers of a certain religion, but not people who practice other religions or no religion at all. (laughs) Included in the training was an inclusive language guide, which told employees to – uh things like the phrase hip, hip, hooray was inappropriate language. Hip, hip, hooray. Why? I don't know. (laughs) The language guide asked employees to substitute certain phrases for more inclusive phrases, such as brown bag lunch. Now, we've heard the brown bag lunch before we have, so uh, not surprising to see this is on the list. Uh, Clearly, this is some older racial sensitivity training, but brown bag lunch should be replaced with something like lunch and learn, grab and go. Uh, Not sure that that really constitutes the same thing, but hey, when the left controls the language, words really don't have to mean anything at all, do they? Uh, Phrases like... Well, not phrases, but words like wives, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends—they need to be switched over to spouse or partner. Mothering, fathering—well, you can still use the word parenting according to this course. Although I think the more up-to-date sensitivity uh, language has an issue with parenting as well. Using the phrase master bedroom—well, you no, know, you can't because you know master—it's a, it's a bad thing now. I don't know if this is a knock on people who engage in the uh, BDSM lifestyle because <laughs> you know, master of the bedroom means something different. But anyway, they want you to use the phrase primary bedroom, uh, long time no see, not sure what the problem there is. But nope, not, not supposed to use it either. It's been a while. According to them, it's still okay to say long time no see. I what what is the problem with that? I I don't know. Uh you're too young to remember this but uh not again not sure what is that ageist I guess uh, making fun of the glorious lack of life experience for a uh, a Gen Zer or I I mean I don't know why that's you're too young to remember this. But you're, it's okay if you say, "Do you remember whatever? Do you remember the, that day I kicked your ass?" Uh, no, I don't remember that. Well, that's because it hadn't happened. But till now, it's insanity. Now, employees were also asked to fill out a societal norms
0: checklist,
1: where the list they listed whether they have characteristics associated with privilege. The checklist asks whether an individual was an equal body, age 25 to 50, Christian, cis male, middle upper-class, and or what. Cigna also encourages employees to read controversial books such as Ibram X Kindred, Ibram X. Kendry's How to Be an Anti-Racist. Robin DeAngelo's White Fragility, and Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. Okay, so is Cigna doing something all that different than what other people are doing? No, large corporations across the country have been pushing racial indoctrination on employees for a little while now. You look at places like Morgan Stanley, one of the nation's top investment banking firms. The company is requesting that employees fulfill a diversity quota in the applicant pool before moving forward with the interview process. Similarly, uh, other companies uh, like the world's largest accounting and consulting firms, uh, they're asking their employees – well, not asking. They told their employees that – Unintentional microaggressions are considered punishable offenses. We talked about this last week. An example of an upset: asking your black male to join the flag football or basketball team. Why is that a microaggression? Because you're not supposed to welcome you to engage in an activity that we find fun. I'm not supposed to engage with you in something that might be worthwhile to build a relationship. You know, uh, team building activities, right? I mean, what what is wrong with the idea, with the notion of inviting a coworker, regardless of their skin tone? To come play a sport with you. They they hang out with some of the coworkers and get to know each other away from work maybe or into it. Now, if the idea here is that we we want you to come play because we just think you're going to be better than us white guys,
3: come on.
1: I mean how utterly ridiculous that is. It it makes me want to play this little audio clip again. Uh, I mean… I don't understand, but, uh, you know.
0: What in the hell's diversity?
4: Well, I I could
5: be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era.
1: I mean, it might as well, because they're literally trying to change diversity into meaning anything they want it to mean. They're mangling the language. They're mangling uh, the ideas. Every day we're hearing a, a new level of ridiculousness. The one thing I really want to ask Signa is that if uh if you don't want to hire any white men who may be very qualified, clearly you're not going to miss them. Right? I mean, there's there's enough of a pool. I'm not somebody that just assumes that uh people of color means that you're accepting Someone who's not going to be as good at selling insurance as that white applicant may have been. Yeah, I'm, I'm not insinuating that at all. Now, it would be great if you just simply looked at the merits and the experience and uh, everything that goes into determining who your better employee might be and left it at that. There shouldn't be quotas, but, but I do still have to ask the question. As more and more people find out about Cigna's effort here to avoid hiring of white men, what would you miss? Would you miss customers that are white men? Would you miss the dollars that would be spent by white men who suddenly found out about this and decided, hey, you know what? I'm not going to buy insurance from you anymore. I'm not going to participate in my employer's insurance anymore if they use Cigna. I will buy insurance of my own if I have to to not buy a policy from you. And oh, yeah, by the way, guess what? If a white man with a family should happen to make that decision, it's going to be more than just that white man that ends up no longer being your customer, right? Right? Now, would you miss that? Would you miss those dollars that you're no longer getting? Because as I look back at the, the makeup of the country, it leads me back to the argument that we legitimately heard some not-so-bright people say back when uh, Marvel first released the Black Panther movie, right before it came out. There were a lot of these woke-minded individuals that said, uh, this movie's not for white people. They should stay home. I think Marvel would have been very disappointed with the box office numbers if all the white people stayed home. As a fan of the Marvel movies to that point, I thoroughly enjoyed Black Panther. I thought it was a very good movie. I'm a fan of Marvel characters. I have been for a long time. I'm not a fan of Disney as a corporation who now owns Marvel, and it has…  … cause me to be in a position where I can no longer thoroughly enjoy the newest activities of them because I refuse to support Disney any further. This is me being stubborn. I I hate being in that position. I hate not being able to participate with things that I once found enjoyable simply because the people that run the companies have lost their minds. If Cigna wants to hire the best candidate, they should be able to. Skin color shouldn't matter. But if they're actively saying, I've got this talent pool of people looking for a position, and they're just automatically chucking the white guy without even looking at the resume, without even looking at the qualifications, then I don't, I don't believe that they're worthy of having the white man's dollars. That's all. Hey, United. (laughs) United Healthcare. You you want to do business with white people? Of course, again, we'll need to check and make sure that they're not pulling some similar tomfoolery. (sighs) The only thing that I have to say to – Cigna Insurance
0: I love the smell of napalm in the morning
1: And napalm is what they deserve Right now You guys stay where you're at I will be right back on the other side Of this very brief break
3: Is the Corona China virus Really that big of a deal Hmm Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, for the first time in global history, governments all over the world bowed to the demands of a tiny little doctor whose last name is Fauci. He and his fellow globalist minions like Bill Gates, Scarflady, Merkel, Boris Johnson, and Israel's Netanyahu, just to name a few, demanded the shutdown of our economies, even great theater districts like New York's Times Square. Piccadilly Circus in London, and Cleveland's Playhouse Square were told, the show is over, schools were closed, etc. But from where I see things, the massive shutdown ended up exposing our republic to more harm in many ways than the Corona China virus itself, especially when you factor in the huge uptick in mental health issues among the young, including depression and suicides. To add insult to injury, the current White House occupier has allowed at least 1,500 illegal border crossers into the United States, knowing they have the China virus, which tells me the lockdowns were unnecessary. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the ronedwards.com.
5: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
3: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
4: This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the va.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day.
2: Let's talk about guns Purely from a self-defense perspective, how many people are there in America? If you said just over 300 million, you're correct. It's closer to 325 million. Now, let me ask you this. How many acts of violence are there per year in America? If you said just over 1 million, you're correct. It's approximately 1.2 to 1.3 million. So if there are just over 300 million people in America and just over 1 million acts of violence occurring in America every year, What are your chances of being the victim of one of those attacks? Well, if you said one in 300, you're correct. I don't know about you, but I don't like those odds. I know your odds might change depending on where you live, but if you live in an area with less crime, wouldn't that make someone else's odds go up? I mean, the number of people in America didn't change, and the number of violent attacks per year didn't change. Some of the highest crime rates in America are in Democrat-run cities, where there are the strictest and most restrictive gun laws in the country, putting good people at risk because they can't defend themselves. The anti-gun left and anti-freedom groups like the Everytown Gun Grabbers continue to paint a dishonest picture of guns in America by telling you that guns cause violence. This is why they push the term gun violence. It's to help people who aren't paying attention believe that if we were to remove guns the violence would magically go away. The truth is, not having a gun is more likely to make you a victim of violence. Two and a half million times per year in America, guns are used to save lives. This doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And By the way, 46% of those defensive gun uses are by women. The more guns are restricted, the more people are put at risk. The people who try to scare you and convince you that guns are the problem ignore the fact that we're all potential for being a 1 in 300 statistic. The people who ignore this are the same people who will purchase a lottery ticket with a 1 in 20 million chance of winning. They ignore the facts when pushing their agenda and they know the odds that they're creating are dangerous. Human violence in America is not an argument for more gun restrictions. It's an argument for more guns in the hands of good people. So regardless of how desperate the anti-gun left is to disarm Americans, we've found a simple and effective way to defend yourself from violent attacks, rapes, carjackings, or shootings. Shoot back. Anti-gun hypocrisy has run rampant because of a dishonest media and an anti-gun political party that's willing to sacrifice our great American values, put good people at risk, and destroy cities with unnecessary violence just so they can gain political power. It's time we understand their strategy so we can defeat them. Our founding fathers saw these tyrants coming over 200 years away. That's why the Second Amendment was written. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com to check out my book series, go to goodgunbadguy.net. All right,
1: ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break, and I am glad to have with me on the line right now this hour's very special guest. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this man is the author of It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry. He is the founder and former chairman of the very successful nonprofit foundation, I know you've heard of them, Judicial Watch, and he's the current chairman of Freedom Watch, also the head of his own legal office ladies and gentlemen uh, this is just a small small sampling of this man's resume uh please welcome to the show mr larry clayman uh larry thank you so much for joining us today i greatly appreciate you taking a little time it's out of my, your busy schedule it's my honor thank you all right sir uh now, uh, obviously, uh, one of the topics that I really wanted to, to discuss with you is this current uh, catastrophe. I don't even want to call it a crisis anymore. It's a catastrophe on our southern border. Uh, we have went from uh, the uh, groundbreaking announcement that uh, the numbers were being kept extremely low to now leaked pictures coming out to having the head of the Mexican government, the very left-leaning Mexican president, blaming Trump. We've now seen interviews with these illegal migrants trying to come across saying it's because uh, barely there, Beijing Biden, as I like to call him, uh, made an invitation, which he did. Uh, What is your feelings on this? What's your take on the situation to begin with?
5: Well, my take is that we hear, we hear a lot of talk right now, certainly President Trump did a great job in securing the border. no question about it, but now we 've got people invading Texas and Arizona and other places so let 's talk about texas you 've got a governor there, a republican governor greg Abbott who who generally is very appealing he's articulate he's a good looking guy uh, He's sympathetic. I mean, he has this Franklin Roosevelt type thing. He's in a wheelchair. We're sorry that he's in a wheelchair, but but he's overcome his disability. He's very impressive. The problem is he's all talk and no action right now. And the Republicans, who frankly as a party are dead in my opinion. I mean, they just have abdicated all responsibility. All they do is talk. Greg Abbott could call the National Guard, Texas National Guard. He's in charge of it. And the Texas Rangers. Send them down to the border and seal it off. And the heck with the federal government. You've got to protect your own people. And consequently, uh, yes, what Joe Biden did is treasonous. It's it's sedition. He's allowing into the country people that have COVID-19 with various mutant forms. That's going to create more disease. You've got drug dealers. You've got criminals. And you've got terrorists. I mean, they even arranged a couple weeks ago some Iranians that were trying to cross the border we are going to be indicting Joe Biden. A citizens' grand jury. I talk about this in my book, "Takes a Revolution." We have the right to take our justice system back because the elite are never held accountable in this country. These are political parties, and you know I'm a conservative, but I'm, I'm quitting the Republican Party. I just can't take it anymore, and starting a new party, the New American Independence Party. That'll be in a separate organization. But to get back to the point, Justice Antonin Scalia in 1992. In a case, United States versus Williams said the grand jury belongs to the American people, not to the three branches of government. So I'm putting Joe Biden in front of a citizen's grand jury this Thursday. You can find information about it at freedomwatchusa.org, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. It will be live-streamed, and we're going to be seeking his indictment, not just for the bribes he took from China and Ukraine, along with Hunter and his brother James, but also... Reckless endangerment of the American people with what's going on at the border. See, this is the thing. I do whatever I can, and I'm not boasting, but I do whatever I can. I don't have the resources of the government. I don't have the power of the government. But our government no longer represents the American people, and this is a good example of just how that's the case. And that's why, going back to 1776, when our founders at the Declaration of Independence in Philadelphia said that when the rulers, when the government breaks away from the people, they have a right under the laws of nature and nature's God to alter or abolish that government and to form a new government, and we are at that point. And that's why I wrote this book, It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry. I propose peaceful and legal means, not violent means, to wage that revolution. But you can see that our government has now been taken over by radical leftists they are using Biden as the front. And Kamala Harris, who laughs about what's going on at the Southern border, you probably saw that clip from earlier today, cackling, like Hillary Clinton. And we don't have a government that will protect us. In fact, they're, they're persecuting us. We've got the FBI out there rounding everybody that was at the Capitol, rounding them up, everybody was at the Capitol on January 6th, supporting President Trump. This is where we are today. It's a crisis, and it's why I wrote the book, It Takes a Revolution.
1: I mean you you make a lot of very good points, and most of which are generally lost on the American public these days. You've got a a small handful of uh, true patriots who understand uh, that the uh, Constitution lays out not only the potential risk but also the remedies uh, to the current situation. And the peaceful revolution that you're discussing, that you're calling for in the book, uh, is exactly what we need. But – are we getting dangerously close to a tipping point where that won't be enough? Anymore? I mean we've seen the reaction of yeah. uh, the elitists who currently hold office. We've seen what they've done in D.C. Uh, we're watching them try to write law that will leave them in power in uh, perpetuity Moving uh, at this point. But they want to – diss the military but then they want to put that military standing guard and protect them behind a wall and behind a fence because they are generally afraid to one extent that the american people are nearly fed up with them that they may take action beyond just the normal legal range Uh, what do you say to try and talk people down at this point uh, and to ensure them that there are still peaceful legal means to still get these yeah. people held accountable, uh, what what is your attacking point to try and get folks on board with uh, your line of thinking here? Well,
5: I say go your own way. You know, if you ask a woman out and she says no, go on and ask another woman out. You know what I mean? Who's better looking?
0: Yeah.
5: Uh, I'm, I'm not being facetious. What I'm saying is this. Number one, we take our legal system back and we enforce it. We have the right to indict to try to convict a sentence, and to even conduct citizen's arrest. I'm saying we do it peacefully and legally. If hundreds of thousands of people came into the streets and demanded that Joe Biden turn himself in, look what happened in Poland when millions of people went into the streets and the Soviet Union was forced to leave. As Jefferson said, when the people fear the government, there's tyranny, but when the government fears the people, there's liberty. But you're absolutely right, is that if we don't succeed, and I'm also suggesting a new Continental Convention, a third Continental Congress in Philadelphia, Memorial Day. You're invited. We talk about forming a new government without a fraudulent legal system with judges who are elected and aren't appointed, as they think, for life, unaccountable to the people, as Jefferson said. He predicted violent revolution because of the federal judges because he said they won't protect us. They'll protect themselves and the powers to be. And let's talk about a new government. Let's go our own way. We don't have to be violent. If they want to come after us, we've got Second Amendment rights. You alluded to that at the beginning of the show. But, you know, Jefferson did predict that we would, again, have to shed the blood of patriots and tyrants, he said, about every 20 years. And then he added, what's a few thousand dead to refresh the tree of liberty? I'm afraid that that's where we are headed. I think you're absolutely right. But let's try these other things to try to head it off. And I'm not going to advocate violent revolution or harming anybody, but I believe there are people out there who will go that route because they've reached the point of desperation.
1: Yeah, that's one of my bigger concerns, too, and I I constantly have this ebb and flow of listeners that uh, contact me off air, and half of them are saying, right there with you, let's, let's try and keep it peaceful, and the other half are like, you're dreaming if you think that'll work. That time has passed, and And it really puts me at a point where I'm concerned because I really don't like the idea of having to take up arms uh, to do this. But I simply hate much more the idea of losing our liberty, of not being able to pass that liberty down to the next generation. Our children uh, deserve to know what liberty is like, and it's up to us to keep it and to pass it on. And it really is – ridiculous when the people we've entrusted for the jobs doing the work of the people are somebody like Kamala Harris who that cackle that you mentioned earlier every time I hear her do her little nervous tick cackle I keep trying to figure out whose irritates me more hers or Hillary Clinton's and well, I think for right. the longest time Hillary you're was right. winning
5: yeah, no, I think Hillary was winning for the longest time yeah if they don't answer the question ahead, they just laugh you know I'm sorry to interrupt no. you but it sounded like Hillary Clinton. This one's even scarier, You know, frankly. It's like an evil witch uh, when you hear that. But, you know, you're right about the government fearing the people because they've got 20,000 troops in Washington right now, Biden and Harris. They are the front men for radicals of all stripes, okay, communists, socialists, atheists, you name it. You know, ask yourself this question are we better off today than we were in 1776? King George III was not a socialist. King George III was not a communist. King George III was not an atheist. He wasn't a radical Muslim. He wasn't a member of the Marxian Jewish left, and I'm Jewish Christian, so you can't accuse me of being anti-Semitic, but they are a threat. He wasn't a radical LGBTQ or a radical black, and most of the people in these groups are good people, but these radicals have seized control of the country. So Biden and Harris... They've got twenty thousand troops there because they think they could be overthrown. And the irony is, if anyone overthrows them, it's going to be those twenty thousand troops because they're not loyal to Biden-Harris. They're generally conservative people, people of faith, and it could very well happen. And th- and they're pushing, they're pushing the envelope so far that something's going to break.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you point out that not only are those troops primarily. Uh, people that believe in the Constitution, regardless of uh, how they typically uh, align with their votes. But there are also people that are have been treated very poorly by this administration as well. Uh, we have an administration that's willing to put uh, these illegal migrants that are coming across our border into nice hotels, uh, but they wanted uh, these troops to sleep in parking lots. Uh, absolutely absurd. Uh, yeah. I I want to circle back as as we've got just uh, our times quickly uh, running by, and I definitely want to give you a chance to promote the book uh, and everything else too before we say uh, our goodbyes. But I I did want to circle back to something that you touched on. You talked about the threat to the American citizen. Uh, We do face a criminal threat. We do face the the fact that drug cartels and mules and drug runners, all these people are now gaining more access because they're who – are bringing these folks across the border. But it's also a a huge criminal threat to the people that the left in this country claim to be compassionate for. They're not showing compassion for these people. They're turning them into victims. Uh, How do we legally, uh, as a potential victim of these crimes, uh, make those points? And how do you get across the idea that the criminality is happening on both sides of the border?
5: Well, you're absolutely right. And and that's the education. That's why what you're doing Tim is so important. The only place that you can speak clearly and honestly today is talk radio. Even conservative websites, some that I've used to used to write for for decades, they're censoring what's written because they're so frightened. And how did our founding fathers coalesce the cal- colonies to wage, you know, a revolution? It was through the printing press and pamphlets and things like that. We need to educate. The American people are not well educated. They need to understand, and you hit the nail on the head. Our founding fathers, some of them, like Washington and Jefferson, they were millionaires even with inflation in today's world. They didn't have to risk everything, but they knew that if they didn't stand up to the king and form a new nation, a free nation, that their children, grandchildren, and other generations would be living basically as slaves. And we are at the point right now. The left is coming for our guns. They're going to use What happened in Colorado and and other places is a way to do that right now. You can see it happening already. We won't be able to defend ourselves. You're going to have these radical leftists on your lawn demanding the keys to your house, the keys to your car, all your possessions. You've got reparations now in Evanston, Illinois, that are being doled out, $400,000 per person. This is going to dismantle this country. We have become. It's more extreme than what happened in even South Africa, and I was against apartheid. I don't condone that. But when the African National Congress took over, they confiscated property. You know, it's pennies on the dollar, and the whites fled, and there are a lot of people fleeing right now because we're no longer in control of this country. Any group is no longer in control other than these radical leftists who have seized control. They are socialists. They're communists. They're atheists. The radicals of every stripe, they have now total control over us, and that's why I'm trying to do it policefully and legally, and that's why I wrote this book. I didn't do it for money. I haven't made a cent on it, but it's it's important that people read it and to read the Declaration of Independence, so if people could go out and get It Takes a Revolution, see what my experience has been in 44 years in the legal system, how these federal judges in particular you know, have become corrupt, how they won't stand up for us, even... They even threw President Trump under the bus, his own judges and Supreme Court justices. So what do you do when we don't have a legal system where we can take our grievances and have them? The next step is revolution
1: all right sir again i want to thank you so very much for joining me this evening i greatly appreciate your time uh once again please share the information where can they find the book and uh please feel free to share any other websites that you would like to and if you invite people to follow you anywhere on social media providing you like myself haven't been banned on a bunch of them (laughs) feel free to share that as well
5: thanks thanks yeah uh you can Get the book. It takes a revolution. Forget the scandal industry. That means turn off Fox News and get to work. Don't be addicted to what you watch every night. You can get it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksAMillion.com, and for a contribution of $50 or more at FreedomWatchUSA.org. FreedomWatchUSA.org will send it to you for free. This helps us do our work. Also, Uh, We're going to live stream the Citizens Grand Jury where we're seeking the indictment of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and James Biden on Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And you can watch that at FreedomWatchUSA.org or CrowdSourceTheTruth.com. FreedomWatchUSA.org, CrowdSourceTheTruth.com. See what we do. See that we have our destiny in our own hands with a divine providence of the father and the son as our, as our founding fathers did. They made direct reference to that in the declaration of independence. And against all odds, they created what then was the greatest country on earth and still is. If we can rid the country of these radical leftists.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. Larry Clayman, Esquire. Uh, Thank you so much. Keep up the good work, sir. And, uh, Hope to speak to you again sometime soon.
5: Thanks, Tim. God bless you. Appreciate it.
1: All right, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that, of course, was Mr. Larry Clayman, Esquire. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Bigfoot was having a sound issue, but uh, it was on his end. Thankfully, that's... A- uh, it's, it's a rarity when it's not on my end. So uh, I hate that you missed uh, the remainder of uh, the interview, but yeah, uh, you know, that's a good thing about uh, being able to hit the archives is you can go back and listen to that last little bit. Yeah, you know, The important message to be getting from our conversation with uh, uh, Larry is the fact that it is still possible to peacefully save the republic. Uh, this idea of a citizen's indictment uh, against Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and all of his cohorts, uh, his family in particular, for the bribes they took—it's uh, it is a means that can be pursued. It is not without merit. It is not without precedent, but it's become very rare and rare enough to the point that I'm quite certain that people like Nancy Pelosi don't even understand that the American people can get to a point where they've had enough. They're utilizing violence in the streets. They're utilizing organizations that are radicalized.  … and are trying to intimidate and frighten people, Uh, organizations like Antifa, organizations like Black Lives Matter Incorporated, very different than just people who tend to think that Black Lives Matter because guess what? Uh, They do, so stop throwing them away. Asian Lives Matter, Hispanic Lives Matter, I I see all these great stuff. Guess what? It's almost as if… Those silly old conservatives got it straight – got it right at the beginning uh, when they were saying that all lives matter because they should. All lives should matter in the minds of people. Now, there should also be a level of import within your life because you are going to value the lives of the people you love above people you don't know. That shouldn't be a foreign concept either, but just because you may care more about – … how your daughter is doing in comparison to someone living in a different state that you do not know, that doesn't mean that you have no compassion. that leads me back to this southern border crisis in the first place because this catastrophe on the southern border is a catastrophe for the American people… … but also for the people that are being victimized and in some cases brutalized…  … that are being the victims of crime, that are coming from places like Guatemala and Honduras, the people in Mexico who are having to put up with these migrants moving through their borders. Yeah, It's shameful that we live in a time where the only reason that platforms like CNN are reporting on the story at all is because suddenly they're angered that the openness…  … of the Biden administration is to order everyone out. Nothing to see here. Pictures had to be leaked. And when the pictures of these poor migrant children that are being held in conditions that are far worse than they've ever been held in before because they're in numbers larger than they've ever come through, Uh, you thought uh, kids in cages under Trump was bad. Uh, My goodness… 12 to 15 times the number of children in the same type of space. Shoot, I mean, this is even worse than under Barack Obama's Kids in Cages moment, which most of the f- pictures you saw during Trump's administration was from the Biden, and not Biden, but from the uh, Obama administration, which Biden was a part of. It's... it's It's mind-boggling that more people aren't realizing this. I mean I've been screaming this from the top of my lungs since we had the little dust-up on the southern border when Trump was separating children. It's like the compassionate thing here is to institute policies that are not going to entice people to try to rush across our border that are not going to incentivize people to to risk their lives and to indenture themselves into the employ of organized criminals. That's what happens when these people pay thousands of dollars that they don't have to mules to to have themselves or their children brought across the, the border. When this happens, what do you think is actually going on? Well, if they don't have the money, then they've got to work it off, don't they? These people leave a country where their life was blah and then end up coming to a place where they believe the promise of liberty was there for the taking, but they end up essentially enslaved. If you had any compassion for these migrants, you would not want an open-borders policy the likes of which Biden promised and was one of the reasons that he supposedly got elected. Just an FYI to Chief. uh, Just as I was bringing uh, Femin on, uh, it looked like Dr. Bruce Hartman was trying to call, but I could not uh, sneak off to… Say anything to him So uh it looks like he got my message But just called back late So that in, That kind of insinuates to me That possibly we might be able To get him on still yet And I do want to have that conversation with him So we'll see what happens And we're quickly running out of time In this hour at this point And I, I'm still left Flabbergasted at everything That's coming at us so quickly I mean literally we're at a point now Or it's almost impossible to keep track of everything that's going on. The assault is on multiple fronts. And that's why you've got to decide. The time is now. You've got to decide. Are you going to be in this fight? Are you going to fight for this republic? Are you going to fight for liberty? This republic can still be saved. It can be. But the window of opportunity is shrinking… What are you best at? Are you like Bigfoot, where your best place is writing messages, reaching people through thought, through the words that appear in his blogs? Are you like Chief, who decided that writing works, but getting behind a microphone is faster, it's easier, it's better? Are you somebody that's good at organizing events? Perhaps it's time to put these talents, these skills, these abilities to this fight because whether you're conservative or libertarian or even just a traditional classic liberal, all the things that you hold dear, all the principles that you have stood on in your life are all at risk… This nation stands on the precipice of being turned asunder by those who seek to instill tyranny. That's where we are today, and the question is, my challenge to you is, what are you going to do about it? I'm not doing enough. I intend to start doing more. I hope you'll join me. That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here. I appreciate it. Special shout-outs to Bigfoot and Chief for hanging out with me the whole time. And a very special thank you to both my originally scheduled guest, Dr. Bruce Hartman, who I, I have every confidence we're going to be able to make this work at some point. And my guest that we did get on, Mr. Larry Clayman, Esquire. Please check out Freedom Watch. Pick up a copy of It Takes a Revolution. And, uh, you know, all the other stuff that I usually say at this time because I'm about to have to say goodbye to you. I will be back Wednesday night. Hopefully, I'll be joined by Mr. Ron Edwards in the first hour and the chief in the second hour. That's my hope. That's my plan. Nothing catastrophic. <laughs> no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. In the meanwhile, please. Don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take the other guy's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and, most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, you guys stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out for now. I'll be back tomorrow. Good night,
5: everybody.